not alive. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Please stand. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, tonight, I want to go into our inheritance in Christ. And in my mind, I have so much I want to share. Uh, sometimes it's so much to share from the Word of God. I pray that God will give you that desire for His Word. Because it's His Word that changes our lives. Is His Word that changes our situation. Is His Word that changes the troubles that come into your life so that you can celebrate when the trouble is over. Children of God, believe this. Every time trouble comes to your way, believe me, it is for your good if you are standing on the Word of God. Because the Word of God will carry you through. The trouble is a test for your promotion. The Bible has already told us all the way from the Old Testament how important the test is. He says, at the time came when God will test Abraham. God will test Abraham. And it was for promotion, not to trip him. God wanted to know where his heart was. And when God got through with his test, God said, now I know. As if he didn't know. Now I know that you, Abraham, you fear God. That was written for our example. So we know this is the way of the Lord. It's God's way of doing things. And so when the trials come your way, stay, stand still, according to the word of God. Be still and know that I am God. All you have to do is stay still and watch him work. And when it's through, you'll thank him. He has something going. Remember the scripture, all things work together for good. I always have to remind myself on this. And my wife, we've seen this over and over and over and over again. It's an amazing thing. Doesn't mean when the trial comes, it doesn't shake you because you don't know. You're shaking a little bit, but then you go into your closet. That means prayer. Amen? <laughs> that means prayer. And then God reminds you, I, have been, I was here before you got here. And I'm going to take care of you. Always remember that. God has given us a promise. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The problem is we leave him and we forsake him. He remains faithful. So we're talking about our inheritance in Christ. Our inheritance in Christ so that you know what God has freely given to us. And all of this is given in his, in his word. The promise is that God has given to us. Never give up. Never give up. No matter how late it is for you in your mind, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God can take you from prison to be the number one person in the land. And he can do it one night. He'll change just one week. 
your whole situation can be transformed. And it's written in God's word so that we know the way of the Lord. Know how God works. So we can believe in him and trust in him. And it's his word that gives us that faith so that we can trust in him. Don't allow any problem to shake you. The first thing to go after when a problem comes into your life, go after the fear of that problem. And the imaginations that Satan will give to you in your mind of what is going to happen. And don't you repeat it. You can think it, but never say it from your mouth. Because the moment you speak it, you're giving birth to it. Now you got the baby, and you got to take care of the baby. So never speak it. Never say it. Think about it. Don't discuss it with people who like to talk about problems. Talk to people who who love to talk about solutions from God. Only those that will encourage you. Don't listen to those that will tell you otherwise. Satan has his strategy. When he's giving you something and something has come, you begin to hear stories about the same thing that happened to some other person. And sometimes some other saint of God. And if he happened to that saint of God, uh, uh, you got no chance. I don't care who it is. That person is not bigger than the Word of God. You can't take a person and put the Word of God and line them up and say, if it didn't happen to Saint so-and-so, it must not be so in the Word. And no man can be compared to the Word of God. Stay with the Word. And God has given us certain things in the Scriptures that we can trust. We are heirs of God. In fact, the Bible says we are God's inheritance. Jesus delivered us to his Father. We've talked about that. And God will protect his inheritance. And he calls us his glorious inheritance. Beautiful inheritance for our God. You may not see yourself as beautiful, but God sees you as beautiful because you were delivered to him through the blood of his Son. That's how precious you are. Would you give something that you shed your own blood to get? Would you give it away or treat it ordinary? Like it's something ordinary? No, you won't. You will cherish it. You hold it onto it. I've seen people how they treat their brand new cars, right? Oh gosh. Until it gets old and they let the wheels fall off. You know, they don't care anymore. Yeah. But when it's brand new, wow, you can't wake up to drive it the next day. Well, this is much bigger than a brand new, brand new car, as far as God is concerned. And listen, He doesn't live in days. God has one long day. Amen? So you're always new in His sight. Amen? All brand new. We are His inheritance, and He is our inheritance. God is our inheritance because Jesus delivered the Father to us. Amen? He is our inheritance. Let me start with this scripture here. Last week we talked about the fact that the Bible says all things are yours. That scripture used to like, you really mean this? All things are yours? But then you read in the scriptures, it says, ask of me and I will give the nations to you. For your inheritance. You read that scripture? Ask of me and I will. Not me. The only problem we're not asking. All things are yours. If you can ask it, you can have it. Ask of me, believe in, and I'll give the nations to you for your inheritance. 
Why will he give the nations? Because the nations already belong to you. Last week, last week we talked about the fact that he said even death, death for you. Things to come, things present, they are for us. Death can do no harm to us. Death is a promotion for us, amen? When we pass from this life, we enter into glory. We're no longer afraid of death. Death doesn't have sting anymore. That's what the Bible says. Oh, death, where is your sting? You lost it. We're no longer scared of you. If you come in and we allow it, remember I said, we allow it. I need to go into this a little bit, okay? This is exciting. We allow it. I go when I'm ready to go. Amen. Because the Bible says, with long life, I will satisfy you. You think God will... This is, I forgot that there was going to be an accident in the future somewhere while you were driving behind uh, some road. If I had known that, I, sh- I wouldn't have said that. You think God would say something like that? <laughs> he can protect you even in a terrible accident. And you don't have to go through any accident. Until you are satisfied with your living here on earth, you can't go home. Unless you want to go home. Paul said it. He said, I'm in a straight. I have a desire to go home. It's better for me. To die is gain, he said. It's better for me if I die because then I get to be with the Lord. And then he said, but you guys, you need me. And then he said, well, I made up my mind. Because you need me, I'll stay around for a while. And he did. Recently, I was reading about T.L. Osborne. He decided he was going to die. He said, you can read it. I mean, I'm sure the children can't put the word out, but somebody put the word out. And he said he wanted to go to meet his wife on Valentine's Day. He marked it out. So February, what? Is it February 13th? Yes, yeah. Angela, have mercy, okay? Because <laughs> I forgot your Valentine, no flower, you're in real trouble. Let's go back. <laughs> That's right. Have mercy, O oh Lord. But, but, but now, he decided he was going, when he's tired of ministering and he wants to go home, that's on Valentine's Day he's going to join his wife because his wife has gone before him. Guess what? On Valentine's Day, he called everybody together, his whole family, including grandchildren. And you can read, he said, uh, greeted all of them, and then he put his, folded his leg back on the bed, and he says, Lord, take me home. Guess what? That was it. That was it. That was it. That's a man. I know they, they can't lie. That, that man, is a, he's known all over the world. That's a man. Peter says, I am now ready to be offered. Paul, Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I'm ready to go. Amen. They decide when to go. Can I hear an amen? They decide. That's our inheritance. They decide when they want to go. And they say, well, that's Apostle Paul. Well, he's my Christian brother. 
Hello? He received Christ just like I did. No difference. He was filled with the same Holy Spirit. Amen. I got to believe that. So until I'm ready, I'm not going anywhere. And I've canceled all kind of crazy accidents and all of those things out of my life and my children's life. We're not dying that way. You won't say Jesus died. Oh, Jesus is on the street. He had a ghastly accident and they're going to get an ambulance for Jesus. It will say, what Jesus you mean? Jesus or Jesus? We've said that here before. It can't happen to Jesus. That's not our inheritance. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God said, cancel it. Because there's a curse. You say, I don't want it. And it will not be. We just have to believe the word of God. We are not acting on the word of God enough for God to walk in our life. It's so important. Listen to this scripture in Hebrews chapter 1. It says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. So he used the prophets in various ways, in different ways. At different times, he spoke through the prophets. As in these last days spoken to us by his son. This was different. Not just a man, his son. Son of God means God himself. By his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things. So God has appointed the Son that spoke to us, our Lord and Savior, the one who lives in your heart. Did you ask Jesus to come into your heart? Yes, that's the same Jesus, amen. He lives in your heart and He says He will be in you. He will will stay with you. He will never leave you, so He's there with you. The same Jesus, He has appointed Him heir of all things. All things, you name it. Whatever it is, he has all things, through whom also he made the world. The Bible says the earth was made for him, was made by him and for him that Jesus created all things. So Jesus is the heir of all things. But then if you read in Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are the sons of God. For we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. We received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry to God, Abba, Father. And then it says, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness while we are crying out to God, Abba, Father. That means God now is our Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then in verse 17, I just quoted from 14 to 16. Verse 17, it says, And if children... Because the Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. If, you, if we are children, and if children, then heirs, because only children can be heirs. And if children, heirs, we're heirs, just like Jesus, who is our senior brother, our oldest brother. And it says, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So if all things belong to him, God has appointed him 
heir of all things, and we are joint heirs with him. Notice, joint heir is not, well, you have this portion and I have this portion. Do you understand? If we are heirs, then basically you can divide. No, we are joint heir with him, so we have everything that he has. Everything that is available to him is available to us. So when Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth, and that was the inheritance that God appointed him to, heir of all things, all power, that means if I'm joint heir with him, all of that power, everything, the whole universe, that's mine. That's why Paul says, all things are yours. Seems very hard to hear, but we need to believe it. God is asking us to believe it. That's why you hear this word, all things are possible to him who believes. So the greatest problem we have is believing. Because it blows our minds. This doesn't make sense. Is that star mine then? Yes. Is the moon mine? You've lost your mind, uh, brother. Who told you the moon belongs to you? But God said so. God said so. You want to debate it with God? Say who is right? We just haven't accepted it. We haven't accepted it. It doesn't make so much sense to us. That's why his ways are higher. That's why Paul prayed for us and for me that God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened. So we know the hope of our calling. We need to know there is a hope to our calling. Not just going to heaven. There is one right here. And an inheritance that we can actually pass on to our children. You see, Scripture is so good. You can put everything together. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And what? And your house. Your house. Settle it in your mind. You got to believe it. I didn't think my children were going to go anywhere else. Uh, uh, they've been DNA'd to serve God. Amen. They're not going anywhere. There's no sowing of their wild oats and all of that crazy stuff. Amen. We just have to believe it. And you don't strive. You remember what the Bible says? He who believes does not make haste. You don't strive. As you read the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When God gives you revelation of the word, then faith rises up in you and you say, that's mine. Amen. That's mine. And you stay with it quietly. It's deep down in your spirit. And when the enemy shakes it, the Holy Spirit. Have you read the scripture? Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. And you got God inside of you when you have his word and you believe in his word. There is God inside of you. God and his word, they are one and the same. And the earth is created through the word. When you hear something and something comes against your spirit, let God arise. The greater one lives inside of you. Notice that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Everything that is contrary to God's word is his enemy. 
and let them scatter. Let them scatter. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. That's what the scripture says. And not just heirs of God, but joint heirs with Jesus Christ. All things. I think about it. God, even though in our lowest state, you know, after in, in sin and all of that, and I'm sure the Bible says the angels even want to look into this thing. Man, how can this be? Just man, sinful man, and God's just taking him, and now he's seated with the Father. They're all praising, and we're seated with Jesus on the throne. Amen. That's what the scripture says. We're seated with him. Listen, I know you want to think about three thrones in heaven, right? <laughs> one, the Father, one. There is one God. And we are seated with Him. Amen. We are seated with Him. We are seated with Him. Joint heirs. But listen to what it says. There's a, one scripture here, one thing here that is very important, uh, curious. It says, joint heirs with him if, if, that always bothers us, okay? If indeed we suffer with him. Uh-oh. If indeed. We suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Because we are with him. We are with him. That word if, I, I, I feel, I don't know what to say the word sorry. I, I, I'm grieved, sad for people who think. Once they become Christians, it's all okay now. They're going to heaven. That's a joke. I can tell you it's a joke. Because Peter was telling us, I believe in First Peter chapter 1, he says God really wants to present you in righteousness, you know, without spots or wrinkles. And then he adds the word, if you continue in the faith. If you continue in the faith. In the faith. There's always this if. And continuing in the faith is not fun all the time. There are times when you have to go against the grain. There's times when you have to stand up and just trust God. Whereas everything else is going elsewhere. And everyone is saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And people are coming at you. And Satan is coming at you all at once. And you still need to stand. That's why the Bible says, Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand. Yes, you've been struggling to stand. Yes, it's been difficult. But when it's all over, still be standing. If you sit, it's over. Stay standing. If indeed we suffer with Him. We need to understand this thing about suffering. I believe Philippians chapter 1 verse 29 says, For you it has been given, it's been appointed, for you on his behalf, not only to believe, 
but to suffer for his name's sake. So we have been called not only to believe and be one of him, of him, be a part of him, but also to suffer. If you read in, in um, Acts chapter 9, from verse 15, 16, Paul, Jesus was talking about, that's the call of Paul. He says, I will show him the many things he will suffer for me. That was what Paul heard. Nothing about it's going to be a glorious life. You're going to suffer. That was what Paul heard. And so when Paul left to be a Christian, he was expecting suffering. If you're going to be an heir and inherit with Christ, there is some suffering there. There is some suffering for us to go through, to be a part of it. You know, if you read in Matthew chapter 5, he says there, I believe from verse 10, he says very clearly there, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you for my sake. When they do that, he says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. They say these things falsely. Well, if they're saying it truly, uh, you need to change it. You need to do something about it. I like it when they say something that's negative. Yes, it's good. Don't get upset. God is trying to position you better so that he can better reach you and bless you, you know, the Bible says in um, um, Matthew chapter 13, God says very clearly there, He says, lest they should hear and understand with your heart and turn and I shall heal them. Once you can understand, you will position yourself. And God doesn't have a choice. You met the requirement and He has to bless you. And He loves to bless you. And if you can understand it, that's because He's giving you revelation. And once you get revelation, you position yourself, you will turn, and then He should bless you. That's what the scripture says. Once you turn, He blesses you. And once you cannot hear, and you can't move, you're insisting on your way, that's because your ears you've closed, and you've closed your heart, and you can't understand, and God can do nothing about your situation. There's nothing He can do. And Jesus said, Isaiah prophesied this. So we need to be aware of that. We are seated with Him in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Right now we are there with him. There's something about the inheritance all of us have as ministers from God. Even though you may be going through some things, okay? There's something that you can give to the world that the world doesn't have. Even if you don't think you have it, you can still give it. 
Because of the name of Jesus. You can give something precious to the world. You can transform a man's life. In every way. Spiritually, materially, in every way. Even if that doesn't seem like that's part of your life. You have the power in your inheritance in Christ to do that. Paul was called to suffer. But he went out preaching the gospel. And let me show you what Paul said. He says this in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Sorrowful, most likely because of what you're going through. The persecution and all of that kind of stuff. And, and sorrowful because the world, as, as he talked about it, I have great sorrow and sadness in my heart for the Jews. Because they will not receive the righteousness of God. And because they don't understand it, they are going about trying to set up their own righteousness and they have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of faith. He says, I have great sorrow for them, but are sorrowful yet rejoicing. Always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. Hello? As poor, through my words, through the scriptures. It seems like I don't have anything as a preacher. I give you the word. And if you believe the word, not just some, many rich. And you go define the word rich. Read it. As poor, making many rich. As having nothing. And yet possessing all things. Amen. I heard a preacher say this. He says he has a very large congregation, thousands of people. He said, I'm the richest man on, the, in, on earth. I'm the richest man. Because his members, they love him. He said, if I ever say in my congregation, I don't have any shoes, before long he will have a thousand shoes from his members. Nobody buys a thousand because everyone wants to give pastor shoes, right? Everyone is buying for the best. He, he, he doesn't have it. He dare not say it because he, he may have to build a new building to keep his shoes. Amen. Because he's giving the word to them. This is, this is not just for preachers. That's our inheritance. You can still share the word of God. Speak it from your mouth. He'll change somebody's life. He'll change your situation. You've been given that authority from God. Just like Jesus. He transformed your life, right? Your words can transform them. That's your inheritance. God gave that to you. God gave you that power. Sit down and talk to them. I still know the one that, said, that brought me to the Lord. He communicates with me constantly these days uh, by WhatsApp. <laughs> and uh, we talk about it. I don't go back to the time that he brought me to the Lord. But I'm very thankful. I respect him. I honor him. He's my father in the Lord. I honor him for that reason. Ordinary, simple man. In the time I saw him, you know, I was in my bare bottom pants days and all of that stuff with a fruit which I don't have too much of right now but really rebellious I mean terribly rebellious and the guy was telling me oh Jesus can transform your life I said who? me? it's not possible but he was assistant he stayed with me 
God is good. Amen? Amen. God is good. It transformed my life. I didn't know if, even at that stage whether I would last for a year as a Christian because of all the crazy stuff that was in my life. But God, He took them all away. All those craziness, the drinking and all of that. They were all gone from me. No desire for it. No desire for any of that stuff. The madness and the craziness. I mean, think about a young man, no supervision, with a lot of funds. We were nuts. I mean, we were going crazy. I mean, I, it just all cut one day. The power of Jesus. Amen. One day he was gone. I remember one guy who was on television. Uh, he, he, he finally saw me and he, he said, I can't believe what happened to you. He was so shocked. That's what God can do when, when you speak the word. Transform my life. And look. From that one person, this one man, now I got my beautiful wife, Angela, and now I got my children. My children will never know what I went through. They don't, that's, not, that's not their life. It's over now. The pagan life and that crazy life is gone forever. Forever in my family. We have a new generation of believers. Amen. The inheritance from God for a thousand generations, if Jesus tarried, my family. I'm very grateful to God for it. Amen? Very grateful to God. The righteousness of God. That's made us children of the living God. Did you know, before the death of Christ, there were only two individuals that were referred to as sons of God. Just two. Adam, read Luke, okay? Adam was the son of God. That was the only son of God. And then Jesus, that was it. The rest of them were servants, including David. They were all servants. But after Jesus' death, we became children of the living God. All transformed. When you read in the scriptures how hard it was for the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies. And we now can come into His presence at will. And He listens. No fear. That's an incredible inheritance. To come into the very presence of the God that created the whole universe. We are now children of God. And maybe you don't understand what that is. How powerful this is. I know sometimes we read scriptures and we excuse ourselves because we don't, want, we don't want to accept what he's saying. It's difficult for us. But think about what God has made us. Through the death of Christ, sons and daughters of God, children of the living God. I think if we fully understand it, we will shake ourselves. We'll go out and shake ourselves like Samson. And let the world know we got power. 
I mean, when Samson came out and he shook himself, <laughs> all the cockroaches, they scattered. I mean, Philistines, okay? <laughs> he says to Delilah, just let me go out and shake myself, okay? He comes out, shakes himself, and they all say, this is not looking good. They're gone. Because of the Holy Spirit that was on him. We're children of the living God. We're children of the living God. Listen to this. What that means, I pray. I want to understand it fully. I know we excuse ourselves from it. But Jesus didn't excuse us, exclude us. Listen to this. In Psalm 82 verse 6, he said, I said, who is speaking? God, right? I said, you are what? Please don't go say, don't tell anybody, Pastor Goodluck said, we are now gods. <laughs> okay. You go out and say that, they will say you have lost your, ma- your mind and you need to be in psychiatric ward right now. <laughs> don't say that. But that's what God said. Okay? I said, you are gods and all you are children of the Most High. How many of you are children of the Most High here? You're going dis- to argue with God about what he said? God, why did you say that? Did you really mean that? I know that's not what you meant. You really made a mistake. You want to correct him? Let God be true and every man a liar. That's what he says. Listen to this. All you, all of you are children of the Most High, the Most High, but you shall, what, die like men. You die like men. You just ordinary, just like everybody else. But greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. And the angels, those demons, when they see you, not man, right? When the demons see you, they see what God said. And that's why they respect us. When we say, come out, they know to leave. These were beings that were, I don't know how long before God threw them out of heaven. But they listen to us because of what God said in his word here. You know, you are God. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. You, you die like men. But there's something in you that is greater than what you really understand. Now, I know you're thinking, why you even go to that kind of scripture and talk about something like that? But until you accept what God says with no condition because his ways are higher, higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, God, I don't understand it fully, but whatever that means, I want it for me. Amen? Whatever that means, I want it for me. And I'm going to accept it. Now let me show you another scripture because Jesus referenced this in his words in the New Testament. Listen to what Jesus said. As children of God... John 10, 34. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? Is quoting Psalm 82. Is it not written in your law? It's like, I'm not part of that. Right? Is it not written in your law? I said, quoting the scripture, You are gods. And listen what Jesus said. Okay? 
if he called them gods, that God calling them gods, to whom the word of God came, and look at what he added, and the scriptures cannot be what? Broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. In other words, God meant what he said, whether you accept it or not. And that puts us in a different position in life. We shouldn't allow, when circumstances come in our lives, we got two things. We got direct presence with God to talk to him about the situation. But we can also speak to this situation. Remember last Sunday, if you speak to this mountain, right? Be thou removed. Uh, ordinary people don't speak to mountains and ask them removed. Okay? The mountains is, who are you? Okay? But Jesus said, if you believe in your heart, it will be done. Right? Because of who God has made you. We are not God Almighty, but we are His ambassadors. And we look just like His Son. Remember? John tells us, I believe it's First John 3, verse 2. He says, we don't know what we are like right now, but when we see him, we will know exactly what we are. Because we'll be just like him, because we will see him as he is. But right now, we don't really understand how we really look on the inside. But demons can see it. Amen? They can see it. So we are children of God. And we can call God Abba Father. And because of that, we have privileges. First of all, privilege not to worry about anything in life. As children of God. Okay? Not to worry about anything. Listen to this. Matthew 6 verse 31. Therefore, do not worry. What did he say? Do not worry. The way I say it, I am very, very concerned about this. Why don't you just say worry? Because it's the same thing. When you can't go to sleep, you're breaking this command. Can you get me? Do not worry. Is it not the same thing as do not steal? Is this not the same voice that said that, right? Do not worry. Did he mean what he said? Do not worry. That's what Jesus said to us. Do not worry saying because we're always saying something and we're thinking about the problem. Whatever is going on, we're worrying saying, what shall we eat? This is example, but we worry about all kinds of things. What we think will happen to us. What will I eat? What will I drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. All of those things for your comfort. God is your heavenly Father. He knows what you need. And He's not just closing His eyes to it. Showing total lack of concern. He's concerned about what you're going through. If he's living inside of you and if he's living with you and if he's made his dwelling with you, whatever is happening in your house is going to affect the one living in your house. If we're having trouble paying our bills, the children are going to feel it as well, right? And if Jesus lives in that place, 
He's going to feel it as well, right? I have what in my spirit, God says, I pay my bills. And if he lives in your house, he'll pay his bills. Amen. Amen. He'll pay his bills. He'll pay his bills. He says, don't worry about this. But what you should worry about is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's number one. Living right for God. Because what it is, is God wants to build his character in you. That's more important than anything else. You cannot function as gods on the earth, small letter G, as gods on the earth when you don't have God's character. You can't be acting crazy and saying, I'm a God in the earth. Forget you. You're not. The major thing is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness so that God will build His character in you, His personality in you, from glory to glory. And the closer you get to His personality, the greater the power. And the greater you can feel the strength not to worry because you know. You know, Peter was put in jail, right? They were going to kill him the next day. The guy was sleeping. He took an angel to wake him up. Many of us will not sleep, I'm telling you. We will be crying out to God. I was only just preaching the gospel. I was obeying your will, oh God. I did right. I didn't do anything wrong. Now I'm going to be killed tomorrow. I wonder how painful the knife will be. You're laughing. And if you are Paul and Silas, Silas says to Paul, Paul, do you think this is right? Why did God allow us? We were just preaching the gospel. Now we are here. Paul says, let's sing some song. I don't feel like singing. I feel like crying. Paul, you think they will ever let us from this place? How do you know that? All that kind of crazy. Is that not what we do? Do not worry. Because your heavenly father knows you need these things. Amen? Your heavenly father knows you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I'm trying to kill time because I want that water to get warm a little bit. <laughs> all right. You guys will forgive me for that, right? Can somebody check that water and make sure it's warm? Pastor Art, can you help me back here? I love you, brother. Thank you. Make sure it's warm. Otherwise, they will really have a baptism tonight. Well, of course, it's going to be a baptism. <laughs> of course. Um, but I'm going to go with this. This is a scripture that we all know, but we don't practice it. Okay? That's First Peter 5 verse 7. Casting all your care. How many part of your care? How many part of it? Are you doing that? Please don't answer. Okay. Don't answer. That's what God said. If it concerns you, just pull yourself out of it. Throw it to him. That's what he says. Man, it's so easy to preach this, but to live it is different. <laughs> you got to live it. You got to learn to live that way. We have to. 
casting all your care upon him. Why? For he cares for you. So basically, that's what I was saying. If it's happening in your home and Jesus is living in your home, he's concerned also. He is. He is concerned. Definitely. All he wants you is to trust in him. And if he really bothers you, go to him. Go to him. One of the inheritance we have, and I'll close with this. How is it, Pastor? Very cold. Oh, Lord. I'm going to preach for another hour. <laughs> okay. This is crazy. <laughs> okay. So casting all your cares upon him, he cares for you. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Guess how he's going to get you? Your care. Your care. That's why that scripture together. When you worry, he's going to devour you. When you cast that care upon God, yes, you can rest and let God handle it. I know it's hard, but that's the, the work of faith. It's hard because you feel like, I got to do something. Yes, do what you can. Do what you can. You know, doing what you can is telling God, you trust him. You trust Him. That's what you can do. Coming into His presence is such a privilege. Going to the one who lives with you, to talk to the one who lives with you about what's going on in the home. He is the King. He has all resources. If you are able to go into His presence, and he's a benevolent king that understands what is going on in your life because the Bible says he was tempted. If it's a man like us, he was tempted on all situations. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he understands. He's sympathetic. He can do something about it. You go into his presence, he'll do something about it. If you can go into a king's presence, earthly king, and he welcomes your coming every time you come and wants to listen to what's going on in your life. The more you come, the better your life will be. Amen? There was one king, he says to this guy, what's going on in your life? You look sad today. I haven't seen you in that. Something is going on. There's sorrow in your heart. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Right? And he told him, Scripture, he can do something about it. The more you come, the better your situation will be. Your life will change the more you come. That's why the Bible tells us, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says to enter into his presence 
Come boldly to the throne of grace, he says, that you may obtain. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Our friend, boldly means you are welcome every time you come. That's our inheritance. And the more you come, the more grace you find, the more help you have in your situation. Men ought always to pray. Look at him, verse 1. The more we pray, the better things get for our lives. Hold on to that faith that you have, your confession, the confession of your faith. Amen. I'm still debating what to do about this water here. What? It will be warm in 15 minutes. No. We're not going to do that. We'll do that on Sunday. We'll baptize on Sunday. I'm not doing it tonight. No. Stand up, please. That was unfortunate. Sorry, guys, those who are getting baptized. You guys going to be here on Sunday? Yeah, we'll do it on Sunday. I don't want you shivering coming out of that place. <laughs> cool. It was my fault. I should have. I wanted to be reminded to put that thing on and just totally forgot. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight? And, 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 and remember what the scripture says. Let men lift up holy hands everywhere without fear or doubting. That's what Paul says. I, will, I wish that all men would lift up holy hands before God and let God do something to your heart with the words that you've heard tonight. That no matter what's going on in your life today, say to yourself, I got God is going to be better. You can't give God and it goes the wrong direction. Go down. You're going up. You will be head and not tail. That's what the scripture says. Above and never beneath. All of your needs will be met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If we continue in the grace and the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we continue. And I'm willing to continue. I say to God, God, I will continue. That's what it is. Let him know, help me to to continue. I want to continue. Help me to do just that by your grace. I believe I will. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Once we commit that to him, he takes it over from us according to the scriptures. The Bible is very clear. It says what we commit to God, he is able to keep until that day. So tell God, I'm not going to walk away from you ever. That's the desire of my heart. I'm going to serve you fervently for the rest of my life. I'm going nowhere, God. 
And God will take that. I commit it to you. I commit my life to you to serve you for the rest of my life. I will never turn to the right or to the left. I'm going to focus on you. I will have fire in my heart. I'm going to serve you, God. I will love you till the very end. Until I see you face to face. I'm going nowhere. God, I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. Look, when you say that to God, He hears you. The angels hear it. The heavens hear it. And it's written in the books of life that that's what you said. That was your heart's desire. And God will give you your heart's desire. It's so simple. We make it too complicated. I commit to God. I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm going to see see you face to face someday. Nothing takes me away from your hand. And you believe that? God will do exactly that. Because that's the desire of your heart. You are children of the living God. You are children of the Most High God. And He lives with you. Jesus said, I will come. I will make my home with you. At my home right now, it's not just Angela and I and the kids. We got Master Jesus living with us. Hello. And no evil comes into that place. He can't come near our dwelling where the King of Kings is. We just have to believe it. If you will trust in my word and refuse to fear, I will stay with you and I will bless you. If you will trust in my word and stand firm without fear, for I did not give you the spirit of bondage again to fear, I have given to you and you have received that spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. The Lord God is your Father and there is nothing to fear. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't try to understand it. Give it all, all, all to God. Give it all. All to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you. Thank you for your children tonight. Thank you for ministering to them. Lord, let the one who's, who's been having trouble sleeping at night, let this person sleep like a baby tonight. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, I declare you will sleep well tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, no turmoil, no scary dreams. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.